well, hello and welcome, and welcome and hello. Come in, come in, come in. The weather out there has been so dreadful or delightful lately, hasn't it? But you've come to the right place, I can assure you. So, go ahead. Wash your teeth, brush your face, have a cozy sit-stand or lie down, and close your eyes wide awake. Because I've got a story to tell you. The Tree on His Back One dark morning when Alistair was no longer a child, he walked up the steps of the home where he had been a child and stood on the then-leaning porch. The paint was chipped, the windows were cracked, and the interior was dusty and hollow. Gone were the giggles and the games and the questions about growing and sharing and being an adult. Soon it would all be raised and concrete would cover the grass and his childhood steps. And that was life and progress and Alistair had settled his heart to move on and give in to what was inevitable. Because that was evolution. And there was parking that needed to be done. Alistair looked out at the oak that had always stood so tall and so strong in his family's front yard. He stepped down from the porch and stood beneath the oak's many arms, high above him. And the old oak welcomed Alistair as if he had never left, because the oak had never left. Alistair climbed up a large bough, curled himself against the trunk high above the ground, and pondered. It was all too impossible to fight. The opposing forces were so strong and Alistair felt so weak. So alone. He traced the carved initials of a pair of secret lovers. And Alistair thought how strange it was that the oak had once let both swings and nooses dangle from its branches. In the end, the oak had never learned to tie. It only knew how to hold. And so, the oak cradled Alistair and sighed a warm sigh so slight that it could have been mistaken for breeze. And the oak breathed in what Alistair did not need and breathed out what Alistair needed most. And Alistair did what he came to do. He climbed back down to the oak's base and grabbed hold of the largest root that poked a branchy knuckle above the ground. And Alistair pulled until the root uprooted. He slung the uprooted arm over his shoulder and with both hands uprooted the next biggest root and draped it over the opposite shoulder. Alistair pulled with all his might and the tree loosened its grip on the ground. And some will say that this is impossible, as some tend to do. But when people are pushed to extremes, the impossible is more than possible. The impossible is necessary. And for those who fixate on the impossible, 
I ask you kindly to please stop listening here. There is a multitude of texts to read, some proven and some contrived, that will reinforce your opinion of our limits and our predetermined ends, and you are most welcome to it. But that is elsewhere. Beyond this point is an openness that you are not welcome to tamper with. And some will say that we are dreamers, that we are not living in reality. But beyond this point is the understanding that the only difference in dreams and reality is the position of the eyelids. Beyond this point is the collective widening of the heart and opening of the eyes to what is more, what we have been given and what we are to protect. The opening of 14 billion eyelids will make the dream real, but it takes only the opening of two to begin. And you are not welcome to close the eyes of a dreamer. We are dreaming for you, too. And so, Alistair, with the oak's two strongest roots over his shoulders, pulled the tree away from the land of their youth. All the long and short and thin and thick wooden root tentacles dragging miles behind him. Where did he take the oak? I do not know. I keep looking, believe me. And I will know it when I find it. You will too. It's that towering oak with a swing dangling from each and every branch. Thank you.